Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello, everybody. This is part two of my lovely chat with Yasmin Benoit. If you haven't heard part one, then you've got a treat in store. Head back to the feed, go and listen to that first. And if you had heard part one, welcome to part two. What made you move from here I am living my life to no, I'm going to become an activist. I'm going to create visibility and visibility as a black asexual woman as well, which is challenging in its own ways. I mean, it was, it was like the hashtag, everything was kind of somewhat accidental because I, I mean, I didn't really, I I didn't have much exposure to activism. I wasn't really on like the scene. I wasn't really using social media like that. I didn't join Twitter until like 2019 and I did not use Tumblr. So that whole like element of like people kind of like make a job and make like a whole lifestyle out of raising awareness or something. Like I didn't really know that was a thing for me. It was just kind of like... I have a bit of a platform for my modeling and I, and I often think, Oh, it'd be nice if there was some black asexual representation there. And then I thought, well, I'm not consciously doing anything about it. So I literally, it was just like, it was supposed to be just like a kind of casual thing that I just brought up a few times. I didn't think Mm. anyone would really care. Otherwise I wouldn't have waited for so long to really mention it. Like I generally didn't think anyone would care. And then I kind of noticed that there was kind of a gradual snowballing effect and I was just kind of riding the wave. And then when I finished my master's degree, I thought, let me steer the wave a bit more because if people are going to be like, as I noticed, they were like, yeah, you're like the asexual icon. You're like known for this now. You're like a role model in the community. You're like a leader, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, you guys are serious. Okay. Um, in that case, <laughs> I guess I should actually try and do something with this and try and like, you know, do whatever I can to, to be helpful. And then it just kind of ended up like, you know, picking up more. But I, I feel like I've always kind of had, I, I guess, a kind of streak for that kind of thing. And like the sense of like, I got into modeling because I kind of wanted to try and change things on the inside. And again, I've always had that kind of, I don't know, Green Day punk rock shake, shake up the system mentality. So I feel like, yeah, that probably played a role, but I never really thought of myself as becoming, you know, any of this. I never thought I had the personality for it in some ways. <laughs> And how did you get started in modeling? Well, that was very much like, again, I was always a kind of gothic kid. I always wore a lot of black, which was always inspired by the music that I listened to. Mm. Um, And, you know, I'd always, you know, you go on the websites, you try and buy, and there was, especially at that time, like now it's a lot more, you know, post Black Lives Matter and stuff. You'll see like those websites will actually use black models. And, but back then they really didn't. It was like a hundred percent white and I and I saw that there were some like black models who you know built up their own portfolios and then started working with those brands and I thought well if they can do it I might as well 
Yeah. Do it. I have time. I don't have any friends. I can, I got time to kill. So <laughs> at that point in my life, I was literally just like studying and then just going home. I wasn't really a very social back then. Um, so, and I'd exhausted every other hobby imaginable, literally. Um, as an only child, that's all you do. You just have a lot of hobbies. <laughs> so yeah, I just thought of getting into it that way. And then it kind of gradually built up really. But my focus initially wasn't even on lingerie. It was on, you know, kind of like gothic fashion, but I have D cups. So it just kind of ended up that way <laughs> <laughs> if you've got d cups they'll find you yes <laughs> you know here we are in 2021 and you're doing brilliant work with your activism but you know i noticed the other day for example you were talking about you were supposed to do i forgive me if i get bits of this wrong you were supposed to do an article about asexuality and they told you that they weren't doing it anymore was this with who was this? yes they said that they weren't, they, they couldn't invest in it anymore. It was supposed to be me, a black woman and a white woman. We were supposed to be doing this thing for the Daily Mail. And there was a, an Asian woman was the one writing it. And we've been planning it since like April. And then the white woman didn't want to do it anymore. So the Daily Mail said they weren't interested. They couldn't invest in it anymore. Um, and then it reappeared with a white writer and more white women in it. And they took all the black people out and just redid the idea with a paler cast. And so apparently they could invest in it after all. <laughs> they just didn't want, they just didn't want that kind of representation in there. It's a problem with asexuality, isn't it? That it is, it is framed as something titillating or and actually weirdly when it's, when they speak about it in a tabloid article, it's framed from the outside in, not the inside out kind of thing. Yeah, it's often, um, I mean, it's as much as like, I definitely have had my successes, I think people probably think, oh, yeah, well, those just come really easily. Like everyone's super interested. Like they're really not like even the most basic stuff, like that article, probably like, as I said, that was in discussion from April, like, that's how much I have to talk people into doing stuff to Mm. even consider, especially having that representation be black. And then after all that talk since April of this year, they then just took it and redid it with white people. <laughs> so mm. it's 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 hard to even get lots of parts of the media to even consider talking about it even now. Mm. And then even harder to have them allow a black person to talk about it because that's not the image that people have of asexuality. And that isn't mm. like, it's not what they want to portray. It's not as palatable coming from someone like me. Um, it doesn't fit the ideas that people have. And if they do want to do things with me, they often emphasize it in a very shock value-esque way, which you do get with other articles anyway. It is very much kind of voyeuristic in the way it's kind of depicted. It's very much got a kind of freak show and dateables kind of energy. Mm. But then they definitely try and make it in a way that makes it very provocative and kind of invites trolling to me Mm -hmm, (laughs) in the mm -hmm. way that they'd like they'll be like oh here's her in her underwear and then we're gonna use that as the first picture and then say here's the the lingerie model that will never have sex with you and Mm. this and it's like that's not what i'm talking about (laughs) um that's how they like to kind of frame it if they are gonna put me on it (laughs) and you as an activist as a person who's trying to raise awareness is having to choose whether you're going to be included and given a platform in a way that is actually nutritious or useful for your cause, right? Well, I think, well, the complicated thing is, is that you don't know that's how it's going to be until, like, you don't get to choose 
the headline. Like I've done things where I thought that was a really good interview. That was really in depth. I feel like that's going to be really like sensitively mm. done. And then I've seen it come out and I'm like, what the hell was that? Like that is not what we said. Mm. That was not how I thought you were going to do it. I've had to tell him, you got to change that headline. This was inaccurate. You've mm. totally made me out to be like some kind of cock tease. And so it's, it's, it's almost impossible to even be able to, cause you like, I've done documentaries where I've been like, you know, I've got cut out of it. And even though I was like playing a big role in it, and then I've done another one where it's like, yeah, we're going to emphasize the diversity. Like you're like the only black person we have in it. We're going to make a point of that. And then the networks wanted to cut me out of it. So it's, you know, (laughs) even though you do it thinking this is going to be really good, there's a lot of other people that get to choose how it's going to be depicted and their minds are Mm -hmm. simple. (laughs) You know, here we are, Asexuality Awareness Week. Ace Awareness Week. What are some common myths we need to bust around aromanticism, around asexuality? I mean, well, it's kind of, it would be different if we're talking about aromanticism, but specifically for asexuality, I think that, again, there's this thing where it's like, there must be something physically or mentally wrong with you. And it does kind of fall into like the medicalization and pathologization that a lot, like pretty much all of it queer identities have gone. I think if you're not heteronormative, then there's going to be a point where people think that there is something clinically wrong with you. And it took until not so long ago for the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders to sort of partially remove or at least clarify that they're not referring to asexuality when they talk about people that lack, you know, that kind of sexual desire towards others. And in, in this country, the ICD doesn't do that. So technically, if you were to go to a medical professional and describe what is asexuality, then as has happened to people that I I know, you will get medicated for it. That is still a thing. Um, Really? The rates for conversion therapy for asexual people is actually quite high. So I think that is definitely one of the misconceptions that can be quite damaging this idea that like, you know, you could take a pill for that because people, again, another misconception think that this is a libido issue. This is a, like, you can't get aroused or this is like, you know, some kind of mental disorder that stops you from properly connecting to people. So you just need some therapy and none of those things are true. It's Mm -hmm. literally just sexual attraction. It's not necessarily related to your personality or anything else. Mm -hmm. And and also that idea that it is a personality thing that you're just kind of, I don't know, prude or you're closed off or you're anti-sex, I think links into the ace phobia that you get within the LGBTQ plus community because people think that you're... Or at least in, in my research and my experience, that they often think that you might be a potential danger to the community, especially if you're in queer spaces, because they think that you're going to be like, stop talking about sexuality, stop placing any kind of emphasis on sexuality, stop expressing your sexuality. That isn't something to be proud of. Like the people genuinely think that that is something that you're likely to do. And they associate it with a kind of like anti-sex, like purity, like mentality. Mm. So I think that's another pretty harmful thing and then also then there's that one that kind of links into i guess the work that i do in terms of like the visuals that mm. you can't that there is an asexual look people picture a very kind of sheldon cooper-esque thing they it's predominantly represented by white people so people have an extra hard time imagining that if you're black in particular such a hypersexualized demographic that you would be asexual and that if you are then you then need to present yourself in a way that you know stops you from being even remotely attractive to anyone otherwise you're misrepresenting yourself somehow well it's yeah it's interesting you know the hypersexualization of black queer bodies and black female bodies 
butting up against being an, an asexual activist. I wonder what that has been like. It's been, it's weird. I think that people were kind of naturally like, they often like, okay, well, you know, you're a lingerie model. So there is going to be a degree of like sexualization that, but there is a, there's a difference between sexualization and hypersexualization. And I think the best way I can kind of describe it is that like, the kind of comments I get when people are like, oh, well, you're asexual, you're in your underwear. Those two things don't make sense. Mm. I get those same things in jeans and a t-shirt. Like I have had <laughs> yeah. people say, well, you know, if you weren't dressed like that, if you wore a dress, if you're wearing jeans, if you covered up, then I wouldn't be mad at you. I wouldn't be like invalidating you. But I have, and then, but I have things where I am wearing jeans. It's like, well, if you're asexual, then why are you touching your hair? That's sexy. Why are you wearing jeans? That's, I can almost see your belly button. That's too sexy. Like I get that for literally anything. And it's like, there is this, this weird mentality, like you can't, especially, and I, I know it mainly comes from white people. <laughs> I notice it doesn't matter what I'm doing. They'll be like, well, your face is sexy. Like I'll be fully clothed and they'll say I'm pornographic. Um, and it's, that's what I mean by hypersexualization. It's it's almost like a kind of a, attack in a sense that they can't desexualize you. They only see you through a very sexual lens, no matter what you're doing, whether you're consenting to it or not, whether it's appropriate or not. And mm. that is, I feel like that is a, a distinction that I definitely have encountered a lot, specifically relating to me being asexual and black at the same time. That is absolutely shit and it shouldn't have happened. And thank you for taking the time to be visible to you know do some brilliant work and I and I wondered about how far you've come and how much you've achieved which is a lot is there a moment that you can think of where you've thought wow this is amazing this is amazing what I've achieved this feels like it's really working I suppose I mean it's it's hard as I'm like I guess because I didn't really go into this expecting anything Every little thing is like a surprise, but at the same time, I guess, unlike, you know, anyone that's just watching what I do, I also see all the things that didn't happen mm -hmm. and that I didn't get. And it's always hard to kind of like, because every time I do something, I'm like, oh, that was great, but you didn't know that I could have got this. And then they said, actually, I don't want you. We don't think you're appropriate. Like, we don't mm -hmm. get you. Um, but I think that whenever I guess I just kind of hear from people and again, this took me a long time to realize people were being serious. But when people go, oh, like you made a difference to my life, like you, like you're like a role model, like, you know, you're, you're making a difference, you're doing good stuff. That I guess is one of those, I guess a kind of highlight for me, because that's the motivation for doing it anyway, is hoping that you're making a positive difference. So when I kind of have people say like, yeah, you've, mm. you've actually genuinely positioned yourself at kind of being at the forefront of something and you're like steering something and you're doing something that's really helpful in a cool way. Like that's kind of what makes me feel like I, like I can, I can buy that now. It took me a while to actually believe people weren't just using hyperbole, but now I, <laughs> I kind of take that seriously. And that is, yeah, that's really cool. That's great. Look at all the comments when we start, you know, it's like people saying, don't have a question, just want to say thanks, you know, and it's, it's remarkable. Yasmin, thank you so much for being an amazing guest and educating us all. We hope that here at Homo Sapiens will we be continuing to represent, you know, if there's anything more we can do, whenever, whenever, please let us know. Um, it's been an absolute delight. Do you think it's time for us to say who wins the t-shirt? 
Yes, I almost forgot about that. Yes, we probably should pick. I mean, we know who we're not going to pick. <laughs> we know it. So the first one was from LOI.UGS and the third one was from Paul. I think, you know, I think I'd actually give it to Paul <gasps> because I really liked the, the part about, you know, you kind of being a companion while doing his chores. Uh, I think it's nice when you just kind of become just part of someone's routine and part of someone's life, even if you don't yeah. know him. I think that's very sweet. <laughs> Isn't it? Paul, you heard her. You write in hello at homosapienspodcast.com. You tell me what size you want. I'll have a rummage through the cupboard and we will be sending you a coveted Homo sapiens t-shirt. And listeners, email us all your comments, your questions and agony uncles to hello at homosapienspodcast.com. What you think we covered in this episode, what you liked, what you didn't. Get in touch. Instagram, follow us at Homo sapiens or on Facebook at Homo sapiens podcast. And uh, what have I got to tell you? Next week, our episode is about queer parenting with Freddie McConnell, no less. The amazing Freddie McConnell. So until then, thank you, Yasmin. You have been an absolute delight. I hope you've had fun. I have, definitely. Thanks for having me. Goodbye, everybody. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 